rules. So often we see stories about rules being broken and the consequences that happen after. Rules are there often to protect us. Now, yes, you must be wary of those that are meant to deter and to control you or to dissuade you, to mislead you into making mistakes. But in these cautionary tales, most of them are there to help you get an understanding on how to make it through. We explore that with, my library has a list of rules to follow, along with a friendly poltergeist. And so we begin. I've told you, I'm very happy being single. No, I do not need any more books on how to pick up girls. I shot a glare at the book that spontaneously flipped itself open on my desk. I know you mean well, Otis, but really, I'm fine. The book closed its cover by itself, as if sadly set down by an invisible hand. All I want is to be done with this graveyard shift so that I can go home and sleep, but I'll welcome your book recommendations for succulent gardening. I've been getting into that lately. I offered, you know, I'm trying to sound friendlier so that Otis wasn't so put down. Otis has been part of this library for as long as I can remember. Not all ghosts are bad ghosts. Otis has saved my life more times than I can count, and I owe him one. Oh, <laughs> really, a hundred. You see, the problem is that this library is trying to kill me. Well, not me specifically. It's trying to kill every one of the people who have worked the graveyard shift for this library for as long as they can remember. Why not just open the library during the daytime only, you say? That'd be a grand old idea, except it's a cursed library that requires being open all day and all night lest a terrible curse befall the small town out in the middle of nowhere. In other words, this library is being active is like a prison lock on demons that would really love to no longer be kept under guard of a glorified prison ward, me, so they can possess and curse this entire town. Someone has to make sure the occult books don't spontaneously go missing or start casting spells by themselves. And yes, we tried to burn them and run them through paper shredder. All that got shredded was the paper shredder itself. Well, it's almost 1 a.m., I said to the empty air, just as several alarms at my desk started to ring, signaling that it was five minutes till one in the morning. I turn off the multiple alarms and set them again for tomorrow night. Never could be too careful. Okay, Otis, going to start the routine, I said as I took a blindfold out of the drawer and put it on myself. While my hand blindly reached for the dust cloth and a bottle of surface cleaner that I always used. The routine was really a list of rules that were followed every night. I, just, I survived this long at this job because I was particularly uncreative and good at following rules. I was a teacher's pet type of person, if you will. By now, I had these memorized by heart. But to sum them up, there are a few rules that are active the whole night and some rules that are only active at certain times. One, the light above the librarian receptionist desk should never be turned off. Please change the light bulb every three months sooner if you wish to be more careful. Two, if you feel a heavy sense of dread and hand upon your shoulder, drinking water or another beverage should help. 3. Books will sometimes fall off the shelves and open themselves to pages of the occult. Leaving them open for far too long will allow the demons to copy and draw demonic circles on other spellwork onto the ground. Please replace them on the shelf as soon as possible. 4. Make sure all doors to the outside of the library are locked and dead bolted. At 5. At 1 to 2 a.m. you may see dark figures looking through the windows and glass panels at you. Though the, though the figures are black, their eyes are wide-eyed and bloodshot. Avoid looking into the eyes by any means possible. Failure to do so will result in the figures being able to break through the glass. 6. At 1 a.m., the figures will begin watching to see if you're working. Please either mop or wipe surfaces down to keep up the appearance of working. Failure to do so will agitate the figures, possibly allowing them to break through the glass. 7. At 2 a.m., you may stop cleaning. The figures should be gone from the windows. By now, a new figure should have appeared in the library. 
In a chair in Section B, you are to pull up a chair and stay in the lobby for the next hour. If at any point the figure gets up or looks at you, you are to avoid speaking a single word to this figure until 3 a.m., at which the figure should disappear. Do not answer any of the figure's questions or comments. Do not talk to yourself and do not talk to anyone. You cannot wear a blindfold during this time in case the figure tries and begins to steal the cult books. 8. 3 a.m. is the most challenging part of the night. Illusions and hallucinations may begin to befall you during the watching, witching hour. It is imperative that you know, show no signs of fear and an uplifted mood if at all possible. Every reaction of shock, facial expression of fear, or dread will allow the apparition to gradually possess you. Every mistake will make it easier for the next mistake to happen. Failure to endure until 5 a.m. will result in irreversible loss of your soul. It was almost time that the figures started to appear in the windows. I found the best way to not look into their eyes was to not look at all. I double, blind, double blindfolded myself too. One with a Velcro strap and then I layered one of those nighttime sleeping masks on top. One time I tripped and the blindfold ripped off my head and well, let's just say I never made that mistake again. The nice thing about the make sure you get to appear working and cleaning rule is you don't actually need to clean that well so long as you look busy and you're ignoring creepy figures in the windows. I randomly felt for a bookshelf then sprayed it and began wiping it down trying to feel where the moisture was, and after a few minutes of cleaning, I would feel a hand on my shoulder pushing me. But I could never tell if it was a malicious hand on your shoulder if it was just Otis helpfully pushing me along so I didn't stay in one spot for too long. I heard some tapping on the glass, ignoring it I sprayed a counter and haphazardly wiped it down the best I could. Tap, 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 tap. The tapping was getting louder. Finally, it sounded like something was pounding a fist on glass, and it sounded like the glass was going to give way and shatter. However, I just ignored it. Through my natural instinct made me to it made me want to take my blindfold off and check that they were not breaking through the glass. It was a good day, and I was a good boy, following the rules. I could barely hear it, but the soft whispers of some syllables began drifting from the doors. Just like the tapping, the whispers became louder, demanding to be let in unless until they became frightfully loud, human-like yells that pierced the dead quiet of the library. Let me in, please! Let me in! Let me in! Let me in! Let me in! There was a time that a foolish younger version of myself used to taunt the voices back, but I stopped that once the chair was thrown at me. Again, I couldn't tell if it was Otis stopping me from doing something stupid or perhaps my taunts were giving the spirits power to affect the material world. A symphony of alarms rang from the receptionist's desk to tell me that it was now 2 a.m. This challenge was a little harder because having to take off your blindfold and directly watch a scary shadowy figure that could get up and talk, could talk to you was very hard to stay calm with, let alone prevent yourself from talking or making a sound with your mouth. Running back to the receptionist's desk, I pulled out a gray roll of duct tape from the many I kept in the drawer and ripped off a large piece, and I put it securely over my mouth. The best way not to talk was just to not be able to talk, right? <laughs> well, with this, I just needed to make sure that I didn't have to make any guttural sounds, and behind me, I heard some pages flip and a thud of books. Otis was reading, presumably now that I couldn't talk to it. Over time, I came to appreciate the gentle sounds of pages flipping as I felt like a safe and calming ASMR, if you will. Looking ahead as if right on cue, a shadowy figure sat in a chair at section B. How do you do? It called from afar. I ignored it. I pulled out a book series I've been reading, trying to give myself something to focus on, and put a pair of noise-canceling headphones. I said, how do you do? Silent, I flipped to where my bookmark dutifully sat to remind me where I was in the story. You're being extremely rude. All I have to do is say a simple hello. The figure's, the figure's voice was becoming more aggressive in tone and was starting to be able to hear him through my headphones. It was going to be a long hour. Look up. Look at me, you fuck. Fuck you. By now, I realized I'd been rereading the same sentence over and over again. I tried so hard to concentrate on the next sentence and stared at the words, drinking everything in, 
If this one normally has other nights, the figure would yell and scream and get big until he got bored. A shadowy face with bright white bloodshot eyes suddenly appeared between my face and the book. Their impossibly widened eyes and dilated people staring straight into my eyes. He took everything from me and in me to refrain from making a throat sound in alarm, but my chair fell over backward with a heavy thud and I involuntarily grunted with a painful impact. Immediately dread washed over me as I soon realized what I've done. Then something new happened. The figure suddenly grew a mouth with disturbingly long length that went from ear to ear and smiled with such intensity that it struck fear into my heart. I froze like a deer in high headlights, seeking my shock. Seeing my shocked expression, the figure grew in power and ripped the headphones off my head. Next, it tried to pull off the duct tape, but its grip was not yet corporeal enough to pull off duct tape, so I slapped my hand over my mouth just in time and ran for the receptionist's desk, ignoring the figure. I tore off the duct tape to create a huge X on my face that couldn't be ripped off so easily. During this, the figure tried to push me to prevent me from protecting myself and to shake me up even further. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a unicorn book nailed me in the back and I nearly made a coughing noise from it. Looking down, I saw the cover had ridiculously pink unicorns and necessarily sparkles running all over the cover. Another book launched at me, this time a captain's underpants book, and then a book of puns and corny jokes, and a dog, and then a book of dog poo. I realized it was Otis, trying to distract me from my fear, throwing books with funnier, ridiculous covers. Thank God for Otis. It was working. I eventually began to smile with my eyes at the ridiculousness of the various books it was chucking at me. Otis, likely being a poltergeist, was incapable of throwing things gently. Soon 2 a.m. was over and gave way to its superior, 3 a.m. But that's when the real problem started. Hallucinations and illusions are no problem when they can't touch or hurt you. But having broken rule number seven about not making verbal sounds during 2 a.m. slot, I was about to learn what happens when a nightmare can hurt you. Well, and there we are. I mean, makes me wonder what Otis is. Is he just a general poltergeist? Is he perhaps a former library worker who is doing its best to find kinship when they lost their soul, perhaps, and found themselves stuck maybe on this plane as a resident of the library. But makes you also wonder what kind of nightmare is beginning to hurt our, uh, our library shift worker here. Mistakes happen, and many times in such case, they can be fatal or uh, even worse. When uh, invasions of the mind start beginning... I wonder how long he can hold out. Can he make it through the night? Will Otis be able to save him? Alas, we're left with an open end in here to let our imaginations run with. I, I believe that they make it with the help of Otis, but not, but not unscathed. Mistakes that were made may never be made again, one way or another at least. But curious what you think, and as always, thanks and take care.